It is uh, Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. One more day, then he's, of course, back on uh, on Monday. Uh, 888-727-BECK. He is back Monday, right? <laughs> That's the belief. Uh, okay. I mean, yeah, you never right. know. Good, yes. I mean, uh, I mean unless never... he slips into a food coma and he just can't come out of it, uh, I think he'll be back on Monday. That's very possible. I, I always think there's a at least some level of possibility that he locks himself in a bunker. Okay. You know, like he just, right. he, maybe he's going down there to check the food supply. <laughs> Dork's <laughs> closed behind him. We don't find him for a couple months. Uh, that is always a possibility. That's a possibility. Sure. Sure. But as far as uh as far as we know, he's back on Monday. Okay, good. And he's got a bunch of uh a bunch of big stuff going on as he's kind of advancing his Ukraine thing. Mm-hmm. We and this is this is gonna be, I guess, the storyline to the end of the year. The Democrats want to get this impeachment thing over by the end of the year. They want the vote by the end of the year. Well, it's strange but- because they're going to the, the uh judiciary committee now with yeah. with uh Jerry Nadler. Yep. Uh if if you have an ironclad case like we heard last week from uh schiff why are you pushing this now to the judiciary vote well they have to do the articles of impeachment so yes so but does it, my understanding it of the, the process, judiciary yeah. writes those up yeah is that what it it's is it's the judiciary that, okay. that's going to come up with those and they right. go through a, a series of hearings that are less about like the evidence of the case and more about the process of how impeachment needs to work and what they're going to go after and how they're going to create the articles of impeachment you know what the problem is this just all takes too long um, if we were more like China, we just do this. Just get him out. Just uh, throw him out. That's what you do. Really? Yeah. Uh huh. This whole constitutional thing slows things down. It does. Makes you ponder things. Makes you think about it. It doesn't allow you to just do things on impulse. Yeah. Which is what we need. <laughs> I mean, we need impeachment to be like the Hershey's bar in the checkout line at the grocery store. You're, you're going through and you see some gum and you see Hershey's and like Bang! Reese's. You just pick them up. They're in your you mouth. Don't think about it. Is it a good choice? Do I need this candy? No. You don't think about that. Don't worry about that. Yeah. You're 30 seconds later, you're just eating candy. Yeah. And, and then you're you feeling terrible do. about yourself after. <laughs> and that's the way this all ends. We all just feel terrible about ourselves. Uh, it's interesting to see this because I don't. Uh, there's an interesting case to be made for democrats to say why are we gonna cut this short Mm -hmm. right like let's just keep calling witnesses let's draw it out let's draw it out let's call all the people Mm -hmm. in the uh in the in the west wing people like mulvaney and, and formerly bolton um that say that they would testify if courts demand they testify Let's put it through the court system. Let's wait the, the several months until it all it all shakes out. Let's just keep it going because what what the, what it looks like to me now, and I think to a lot of people who are maybe in the middle and looking at this, not really understanding the process and, and not really knowing where this is going, it looks like the Democrats are just rushing through this. Yeah. Which, by the way, they are. I mean, with, it's true. They are. But they it are looks, it's not supposed to look that way. When you're doing yeah. that, it's, it's supposed to look like you're doing this fair thing, and it's, we just want to get to the facts. How can you even argue that when you've spent two weeks on it? This whole call just came to light like four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And in four weeks, we're already at the point basically where there's a vote on impeachment. It's insanity. And I think they're doing that because if it goes to the Senate, then you could get the uh, senators who are running for president embroiled in that. Oh, yeah. And keep them off the campaign trail. And they don't want that. But again, who are you talking about? You're talking about Elizabeth By, Warren, oh, yeah. Warren, Bernie Sanders, Kamala uh, Harris, Kamala Harris uh-huh. right? Like, you know, yep. there's a good argument to be made that a lot of people in the Democratic Party, in the leadership, Probably don't want any one of those three. 
as the actual candidate. Mm-hmm. I mean, they might want a Biden. They might want a Buttigieg. They, I mean, they don't. They definitely don't like Sanders. They don't care about Sanders. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't I know. That's true. I, I am a little concerned about Michael Bennett and what, what he, what's <laughs> going to happen to him if he can't campaign. Because right now, he is rocketing to 0%. And will he get beyond that? I don't know. So hard to get beyond that. You Cory know, Booker is another one, by the way. Booker, the- I love that. Mr. Spartacus oh. is struggling at still, uh, according to Quinnipiac, 2%. 2%. He's tied with Yang. Now, Yang gang. Uh, uh, in the national Quinnipiac poll, this is amazing to me. Biden is at number one again, mm-hmm. 24%, so he's up three percentage points. Then it's Buttigieg, up six to 16%. He's number two now nationally. Amazing. That's crazy. He's the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Right. And again, no offense to South Bend, Indiana. Right. But the mayor of Miramar, Florida, just dropped out of the race. Oof. Wayne Messamentum Messam. And, and it's bigger than, it's bigger than South, South Bend. Bend. Uh, for whatever reason, the Democrats, I assume... Because I've learned from Democrats, it must be skin color. Wayne Messam's black, so that's, I assume that's why they don't like him, but they like Buttigieg. Mm-hmm. But it, it is bizarre <laughs> that this guy, who is you know a mayor of a of a you know small to mid sized city, mm-hmm. is the number two guy, beating yeah. out everybody except Joe Biden. Uh, somebody nobody had ever heard of until a few months ago. He does strike you though, just from the the sort of eye test as one of the more competent people you could tell he's smart you could he doesn't get flustered by a lot of stuff yeah he's well spoken yeah and and, he's controlled and he has no record which is is a nice benefit for the for the left Mm -hmm. they don't have a lot of stuff to pick him apart on they're like well he once fired a police chief that was unpopular in his community it's like all right that's your (laughs) okay uh, there's not a lot of negative on the guy right uh and 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 you could see this with the other candidates they struggle to find things to say (laughs) that are bad about him because he hasn't done anything he's like 12 years old yeah it's like, yeah. wow, he skipped a birthday party uh, last year, <laughs> and, and it was at a trampoline park. They had to pay the fee. And he promised the friend he'd be there. Yeah, That's the other thing. And yeah. then no and present he, afterwards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and when he did finally give him a present after he was called out on it, it was the same president he, present he got from another kid at his birthday party, a blatant re-gift. <laughs> like, that's about all. I don't know. I, I don't know what he's, you know. He hasn't really done anything. And yet um, there he is at number two. It's crazy. Number two. And Warren has slipped to third. She's going away. Yep. She dropped 14% uh, over the last couple of weeks. It does to, give to you 14%. Does that give you a little bit of hope? It does. Yeah, it does. And especially since Sanders is behind her at 13. So it does give me hope that maybe, you know, we're not quite there to, to the socialism yet. I And American people, the American people don't want socialism. I hope that's still the case. And it seems like it is because... Biden's not a socialist, and I I don't think Buttigieg is either. Um, Then you go to the bottom tier, and you see the Bloomberg's already at 3%, tied with Harris and and, uh, Klobuchar. But he's spending a ton of money to get to that 3%. So yeah, well, uh, you he, think he'll ever have his moment where he rockets you know, let, uh, into the teens? We have to take a, a sixty-second break here, but right. I want to come back on the other side. I have been very dismissive of the Bloomberg thing. I have too, uh, and I think with good reason. There's a lot of good reasons why to, to be dismissive of Michael Bloomberg. <laughs> However, I I I, heard, I was listening uh, yesterday to uh, Jim Garrity, who's a very very smart guy who who sees this stuff. Uh, he's with National Review. And he made a, a case in the affirmative for Bloomberg that I thought was pretty compelling. Mm. We'll get to that here in 60 seconds. This is the Glenn Beck Program. 
888-933-93. Pat and Stu for Glenn. You were saying that... Uh, you have, were you swayed by this case on Michael Bloomberg? Because we've both been pretty dismissive. Yeah, kind of. Uh, I, I think I was swayed to the, the to the point of it shouldn't be completely dismissed. Mm-hmm. And and here's why. We've watched. I, I've made the case on this show that Tom Steyer is an interesting story so far in this campaign because Tom Steyer is. I mean, if you've ever seen Tom Steyer speak, it would be almost impossible to find a human being more boring than him. Like, he mm-hmm. is a giant zilch when it comes to personality. And, you know, he's, he's, he's very aligned with the far left when it comes to policy. But, I mean, he's, got, he's just got nothing going for him when it comes to charisma. He's just nothing. Right. And so he's been able to, and he's qualified again for another debate. All these guys, like, Cory Booker's not getting in this next debate, guys. William Castro's done. Like, these people, there's a lot of these people who are mainstream candidates, are on TV all the time, and can't get into these debates because they stink. So what can you do with a bunch of money? Well, Steyer can get on TV, spent about $70 million so far on ads, and has been able to do very little in this campaign. He's been able to get himself to, you know, 3 or 4 or 5%. There was a poll recently in one of the early states that had him as high as 9%, which is pretty significant. Mm. You know, I mean, he's become a, a competitor, and part of that is uh, is the ads. Part of it is the idea that you have someone who can compete with resources when it comes to you're going against Donald Trump, the, the the incumbency. People like the idea in the dark part of their liberal souls that there's a billionaire who can spend and, and, and keep pace with this. Because, uh, you know, the Republicans are going to have a lot of money to spend this time. This mm-hmm. is not like the, the, the last time they didn't have a lot of money to spend because Trump wasn't running a normal campaign, right? He didn't have... You know, the RNC behind him for a long time. He didn't raise a lot of money. He just went on TV all the time. Well, this time he does have all that. He has every trapping of the incumbency. And it's a really big benefit to your campaign. So here's the interesting thing. And I'm not saying it's going to work. But there's a chance it's going to work and make Michael Bloomberg competitive. Tom Steyer is worth $1.6 billion. It's a lot of money. And he spent a lot of money. Michael Bloomberg is worth $50 billion. He's the ninth richest person in the world. And I'm not saying he can buy himself an election. I don't think that's possible. But his strategy here, where he's skipping the first four states, he's spending $30 million on Super Tuesday states. So he's skipping these first four states. He's spending $0 there. He doesn't even care. He's not going to be, he's going to get no votes. If you get a split sort of uh, ticket, in the first three or four states where Biden wins one, maybe Buttigieg wins one, maybe Sanders wins one. And you're coming out of there with a situation that provides uh, a, a little bit of chaos. I think that's necessary. But Bloomberg comes into these states, and the interesting part about it is no one, probably even including Steyer, is going to spend enough money or really any money in these states against Bloomberg. So he's going to now have basically two and a half months to spend money unopposed in all of these states. Mm-hmm. He's going to spend, he spent $31 million his first uh, week. It's the biggest buy of any presidential candidate ever, including the general election. Okay, so he's going to come in here and spend, let's just say he does this every week until Super Tuesday. You're telling me he's not going to get a he's not going to pick up a lot of votes from these lower tier candidates, the Cory Bookers, 
the, you know, the Klobuchar's, the, you know, Kamala Harris's. If he can get to high single digits, low double digits going into that race, and it's a chaotic field, he's going to be the only person that these that all of these states have seen on TV and ads because everyone else is fighting for these early states. So he's going to dominate all of these ads, and he's the only one with the money to do it in advance. He's the only one who can sit there and just funnel money into these states, big media markets mm-hmm. in many cases, where other candidates wouldn't be able to do that until they got the momentum of the campaign really going. Now, Bloomberg is a terrible fit for the Democratic Party. However, there are a lot of states where Democrats are looking for a Biden type where they want someone who's just going to seem sensible and return things back to normal. And he's not going to be Donald Trump, but he's not going to be Elizabeth Warren, somebody else. Right. And so there is a chance. I mean, because if Steyer has done it with $60 million over um, two months, what can, what can Bloomberg do running unopposed in all of these states and spending more like a quarter of a billion dollars over two months? Mm-hmm. It, it's possible he makes a dent in this thing, and then it comes down to that Super Tuesday where he might be able to pick up a couple of states. He's got delegates. It's chaotic. Who knows? It's a logical case you're laying out, except it's Michael Bloomberg. Yeah, he sucks. A really guy bad. who yeah. has all the charisma of a bathroom bull brush. Yeah, really? Uh, that's well, going to be his. What color brush? I don't uh, think. White. Yeah, white mm. and old. Like it's old. a bathroom bull brush you've had around for 77 years. Like in a bathroom you don't use, so yes. it kind of just sits there and right. no one ever changes it. It's gotten moldy and okay. old and uh, you don't like it. You yeah. don't even touch it. Yeah, Bloomberg's almost at that level. Yes, I'll he, give you that. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. More in one minute. It might be just as simple, though, as, you know, Joe Biden just pretty much... Number one lead lead candidate start to finish. That is what it is it, so far. It, so far, I mean, he had moments where uh, Warren passed him a little bit for a while in some polls, not even yeah, in not every a, poll. Nope. Yeah, it was never more than half the polls that yeah. she passed him. It was really kind of a statistical dead heat for about two weeks. And now people have gotten to know her, and I don't think they like her. They don't, and, and I don't think they like her policies. And they understand that. It, it, come on, we can't spend fifty two trillion dollars on your stuff. We can't do it. And and I think they understand that that estimate is probably way low. And oh, it can't be done. It just can't happen. Just Medicare for all will cost us more than $50 trillion over 10 years. This no question. Is, everyone's like, well, they, they estimated it at $32 trillion. It's Come not going to be $32 trillion. It we never is. It. We've explained why on several occasions. You can go back and listen to those shows in depth if you want. But, I mean, the point here is that we all know these things blow up above mm-hmm. their budget. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really uh, obvious fundamental reasons why, including uh, in this case, uh, you know, like when you do, um, uh, when you when Medicaid or Medicare pays hospitals, pays doctors, they pay a lower rate than, than for private insurance. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that Warren assumes in her plan is that she will just pay everybody at that rate. We already pay a rate for Medicare. We'll just continue to pay that rate and just spread it out over the entire health system. Well, the reason why they're able to pay or accept Medicare and Medicaid payments that are lower, the reason doctors do that is because they charge private insur- insurance more, right? Mm-hmm. So they even it out. They basically say, okay, well, this one's coming from the government. We'll accept less, and we'll accept more from over here, and that'll give us a nice midpoint number. Well, right. when you take everyone down to that lower payment number, the, it's going to shake the health system apart. And 
that's the type of thing that will not in reality actually happen. They're not going to they're going to have to raise the payments so these places can stay in business so the hospitals all don't start closing down. They're not going to allow that to happen. So they'll just print more money and spend more money and instead of 32 trillion it'd be 52 trillion. Mm-hmm. And instead of 59 trillion in total cost for all these plans, it'll be 79 trillion. Yeah, you know what? There's a reason doctors make a lot of money. And the reason is they were in school for 24 years. <laughs> and then they did a residency and they didn't make any money doing it. And they yeah. they come out with massive debt. Uh, they have to work long hours. They ha- and I know it sounds like a sob story to somebody who's making 50000 when they're making you know 950000 or a million dollars a year. But really, they deserve it. Mm-hmm. They've done a lot of schooling. They've got a skill that not many people have. They were willing to sacrifice the first section of their lives to do this and it's hard and you're on call all the time and you got crappy hours i mean it's not easy especially if you're a surgeon and you're you're on call and i i've got a really good friend who's who's uh on call all the time like five times a month they could call him at any time of the day or night and he's he's picking through somebody's brain in 15 minutes you know it's 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 hard and so they're not going to want to take a massive pay cut because we have a universal health care system now they're not going to want to do that. You're going to lose a lot of doctors, mm-hmm. a lot of good doctors. Especially if you're you know, 58 and you're like, I'm a few years away from retirement. Not I've already do it. made a lot of money. Yeah. Screw this. Right. You know, you're gone. Yep. Uh, and now look, a lot of, it's, 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 you can't just summarize it that way. So many doctors do this because they, they love it uh, and because they want to help people. But, but in, in addition to that, they do want to keep their doors open and pay their people. Yes. It's not just about like becoming yes. a millionaire. And it's, there's nothing wrong with wanting them to pay themselves either. Yeah. There's I have nothing wrong with that. No problem with it. But even yeah. people who don't mind sacrificing their own stuff, well, <laughs> it's not that simple. Yeah. You know, we've seen what the, a disaster the paperwork can be with these things. I mean, mm-hmm. when's the last time a, a, a government program came along that was incredibly efficient that you're just like, wow, you're mesmerized by the way they're able to handle this. I mean, this is, you know, they launched these these electronic records for doctors and now they all have to do that. They hate it. They hate it. It's a terrible <laughs> system. It eats up half their time with their patients. Like, th- this is not something, these things don't work when the government tries to do them. And they're going to try yep. to give this one-size-fits-all thing for our entire healthcare system. And we're all going to be freaking driving to somewhere else to get if, our health care. If this goes through, if it really happens, uh, we're going to long for the days uh, of the crappy health care system that we have <laughs> yeah. now that's behind Cuba and Botswana <laughs> in, the, in the eyes of so many. You're going to see how great the American health care system is if we ever go to universal health care. Hmm. You'll rule the day. 888-727-BECK. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn. You're li- 888-727-BECK. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Uh, new, new poll out from CNN now, too. In addition to the Quinnipiac poll... Uh, there's a CNN poll out now. And they're showing pretty much the same thing. Uh, Joe Biden up now, but at double digits. In, wow. Uh, in the uh, primary, 28% for him. Bernie Sanders in second at 17. Mm. Elizabeth Warren, oof, 14. And Pete Buttigieg at 11. So kind of a three-way close contest, I guess you could say, for yeah. second. Yeah. Um, between 11 and 17, three candidates. But Joe, still holding on, uh, 28%, 28%. That's actually down from October by six points, too. He was at 34. 
Um, so Buttigieg seems to have picked off some of those Biden voters. But Sanders, uh, I mean, Sanders has between 14 and 18 percent of the vote in almost every poll. He's in that same area. He's got hardcore support. They love him. They're going nowhere else, and you know, unless mm-hmm. they absolutely have to. And Sanders has no legacy uh, to worry about. He's, you know, he's 147 years old. He doesn't care. He's going to stay in this race as long as he can. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to cr- create all sorts of issues for Democrats. And it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Warren, though, is I mean, she's cratered here. I mean, she was at uh, 20, 29, I think, last month. 29 she's 14 now 14 so she 28 lost to 14 it was 28 yeah she lost four, 14 points in both of these polls incredible 14 points already and hey, talk wow. me out of this pat talk, i want you to talk me out of this because i don't want to believe it mm-hmm. i don't want to i don't want to do this but I, I so talk me out of it let me throw this at you okay please uh-huh. i sort of feel like you have to give democratic voters a little credit here because <laughs> They seem to have reacted to Warren's how I'm going to pay for Medicare for all thing. That's what I was just saying on Background Unleashed. Oh, really? I think they did. Yeah, I think they did react to that. Because, I mean, you got to give them credit if they're actually reacting to a policy issue that's that's out there. I know. I I don't want to do it, but it is Thanksgiving (laughs) week. Yes. You know, it's the time you're supposed to be nice. What else is it? What else is it? I mean, there's no other reason, right? I mean, I would have, I could absolutely see Elizabeth Warren cratering because she comes out and, mm-hmm. you know, th- she did the whole public school thing. She actually was sending her kids to private school and lying about it. You know, the, the Native American thing, some really bad speech, like something that is kind of on the surface you could see mm-hmm. with Elizabeth Warren because she's just a really bad candidate. But the fact that they're like, you know what? We don't think she's paying for her socialism well enough. If that's really the reason, I'm impressed. Yeah. Yes, I, I gotta say it's kind of it's kind of interesting, and it shows why she wouldn't say how she was paying for it for so long. She she avoided that for she a did. long time, and it was working. Then when she finally says, "Okay, here it is," they're like, "Whoa, no, no, I don't think so." Yeah, uh, there's no way you can make that work. And, and a lot of people with with plenty of reason have seen Sanders and Warren essentially competing for the same voter, right? They have mm-hmm. all the same policies, basically. They're both obviously socialists, even though Warren doesn't actually say it. Uh, but they're both absolutely socialists. Yeah, and the same policies. Same policies. I mean, they're doing, they're doing the exact same thing. So it's understandable why people would pair those two together and say they're fighting for the same votes. Mm-hmm. However, what you see when you actually dig down into the polling is that the support for Sanders is coming from basically socialists. Right. People who really want left wing policies, they're ideologues, they're very mm-hmm. a lot of times very young activists, um, people who are going after the real socialist. And utopia. that might be 17 or 18 percent yeah. of the country right now. Right. Or at least of the Democratic voters. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's what you're getting there. And that's real. But the Warren people didn't generally come from that group. The Warren people, her rise was generally fueled by white um, uh generally uh, wealthy-leaning, highly educated Democratic voters. And mm-hmm. it was it, that's, it's different than the socialist voter. This is like the, I, I like Elizabeth Warren because I think she's smart voter, right? She's got a mm-hmm. plan for everything. She's smarter than everybody else. Now, of course, this is insanity, but it is the way that they perceive her. It's also the way they perceive Buttigieg. And because Buttigieg does, is, let's not make too big of a deal of this, 
But Buttigieg is slightly more moderate than Elizabeth Warren. He's not, he is not a, a moderate. He is not a mainstream Democrat as far as the voters go either. I mean, this is a guy who's talking about packing the Supreme Court. This is not some, like, he's, he has mm-hmm. a lot of radical proposals. But he's selling himself as, generally speaking, moderate. The opposite of what Warren is, is, is selling herself as. But the same voters are going to both of them because they are the people who are very, you know, they, they see themselves as we need someone who's super duper smart and um, and has a plan for everything. And they're going back and forth between Warren and Buttigieg. So even though the policies are different, the profile of the candidate is something that they like. Mm-hmm. And so Buttigieg's rise is kind of coming at the expense of Warren, not at the expense Uh, of sanders or biden so it's an interesting it it is a weird race because you have a bunch of candidates none of them are good so it's a bunch of people sort of picking through you know kind of like a you know it's a secondhand bin they're like ah we've got a dvd we need to have the kids watch something look through that bin it's like there's a lot of 299 movies not a lot of people you've seen uh you've heard of of before acting in them though and it's interesting too because they've had over the course of this race, is it 26? 26 different candidates yeah. from which they could choose. I think they're down to 17 or 18 now. But at one point, I mean, if you lumped them all together with the Deval Patricks and, and yeah. Michael Bloomberg's who just got into it, it's about 26 candidates. You can't find one good candidate that you absolutely love in that? And I think the answer is no. I don't well, think they really Seth love. Got out. Yes, right. When, when, when right. Seth when Moulton Seth was left, in here, there was, was nobody good. to really love. <laughs> and then, and and really, they don't love Biden either. I think they no. believe he has the best chance to beat Donald Trump. That's what they think. Yes, and it's it's uh, it's gotten a little. It's almost sad for Joe because, according to these reports, Obama is not going to support him, doesn't support him, and has no intention of ever supporting him. No, 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 no. Joe asked him not to endorse. yes, Joe did. I mean, he explained that. Um, Can we get the, uh, can we? Yeah, it's hooked up. Yeah, a little uh, audio. Why didn't President Obama endorse I asked President Obama not to endorse, oh. and he doesn't want to. We should uh, whoever what? wins this nomination huh? should win it on their own merits. <laughs> he asked him. He asked him not to. Please don't do that. I I've got to win it on my own merits. And I, in addition to that, luckily, <laughs> he also didn't want to influence it. And I like that because he, he throws that in. It's like, well, I asked him not to, and he said he wasn't going to do it. Um, so <laughs> he stopped himself though before <laughs> yeah, no, he got he, that far. He did. But yeah. that sounded like what he was going to say, yeah. right? Let me hear. Why that didn't Why didn't President Obama endorse? I asked President Obama not to endorse, and he doesn't want to. And he doesn't want to. What? He should. He whoever should. wins this nomination oh. should win it on their own merits. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, now, apparently, according to these reports, uh, Barack Obama has said Biden doesn't have it. He he doesn't think Biden's the right guy for the job. Well, and Biden practically worships Barack Obama. That's got to be such a a kick to him right where he lives. Yes. I I mean, I I was explaining earlier that, that, uh, you know, that's like a 12-year-old boy who loves say Mike Trout and and looks up to him in every way as the best baseball player in the world and he hears that Mike Trout sometimes 
signs autographs before a game so he shows up three hours early and watches him go through the shagging of flies and stretching process and he goes to batting practice and he's been there for two hours and 45 minutes the game's about to start mike trout finally walks by the stands where he is and he yells to him mike mike can i get an autograph can i get it and trout looks up to him and says beat it kid you bother me it's that kind of crushing blow yeah. that Joe Biden is experiencing right now from Barack Obama. I, I don't know what the deal is between, but it seems like it's always been there, too. Yeah. Where uh, another, I think another good comparison would be, what was the name of the dog? You know, the big dog and the little dog. Spike was the big dog and the little dog was, I don't remember what his name was, but he followed him everywhere. Butch was the little dog Butch. And he's like, Mike, you want to play Mike? You want to get him? Want me to get you a bone, Mike? You want to? <laughs> and every, every once in a while, Mike would just smack Butch across the room and tell him to leave him alone. And But he never lost his loyalty. Right. Uh, and I think, you know, that is Joe Biden with Barack Obama. I'm, but I'm not sure what the deal is with Obama. Maybe he well, thinks he's senile. Maybe be. maybe he really does believe that uh, he just can't he just can't win the race. I, I was it was it you that was saying on the news and why yesterday that you've heard uh, that Buttigieg is maybe the pick for Barack Obama? Well, Buttigieg is the only reason he's in this race at all is because Barack Obama called out Pete Buttigieg as a future Democratic leader, the future of the party, very early before anyone knew who he was. A, wow! Yeah, uh, and he, wow. he he became sort of an underground Democratic Party star. No one thinking he was going to run for president in 2020. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that was not the thought. The thought was you know, maybe 2024 or 2028. Like, the, here, maybe he's a senator and you know, or a governor coming soon, and eventually he becomes president. Which would usually be the path. Right. Instead, he's like, ah, well, he said something nice about me. I'll just go for it. And so far, obviously, it was a good decision. I mean, he, he, yeah. doesn't, he didn't need the, mid, the midpoint, uh, Buttigieg. He may not win this race, probably won't win this race, but he is in a position where he can win the race, which is more than you'd expect out of the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Way more. You would yeah. think you can't get there from here. Yeah. You but, can't get to the White House but, from South Bend, Indiana's town hall. So that's one of the reasons. That's been something that has been sticking around for a while. And and, and Buttigieg fits the profile of Obama, right? Like supposedly intellectual um, you know, a person who's not not a lot of fire, right? Like not a person who's who's bombastic or known for catchphrases. You know, he, he seems like a consultant to I think most people. And for I, I've never seen him have any ability to inspire anyone. You know, I mean, Barack Obama obviously was capable of do, doing that, even though you know I didn't understand it very much. Some people did. So mm-hmm. the Buddha Judge thing is 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 interesting. I think you know. He'd love that to be true. He'd love it to be someone like that. Instead, he certainly doesn't want Sanders. We've heard over and over again that if it's Sanders, he may come out and actually endorse. But two things about this. First of all, there's been little breadcrumbs about this Obama-Biden thing for a while in that, like, reports came out that he actually, Biden was not the first choice of Obama for the vice presidential role, but he felt like it was, I mean, in Obama's analysis at the time, well, look, the America's not ready to vote for Barack Obama and some other, you know, exotic person. 
Like they need a, they need mm-hmm. a they need mm-hmm. a good old white person to vote for. Now, of course, that's an incredibly racist sentiment uh, to me. I, you know, I mean, it's a that's an idea, and I know uh, you know he expressed a lot of them. Yeah, actually, well, I, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. he, I, he saw people as typical white people that that yep. were afraid of black people walking on down the street next to them because that was so, bred into them because it was bred into them. So he assumed that about the general populace and said, mm-hmm. "I got to pick a white guy." At least that's the, been the reporting. But you wonder though if that reporting comes out. If Barack Obama uh, is supporting Joe Biden, if Barack Obama is all about Biden, does that reporting come out? I mean, we've seen reporters uh, protect Barack Obama to the point of hiding photos of him with Louis Farrakhan, right? Like this Mm -hmm. is like they've gone to incredible extents to protect uh, this guy. Um, Secondarily, and and this is, I think, uh, goes directly to what Joe Biden just said in that clip, which is. Well, he wants it to be, he wants the, whoever's going to win the race to do it on their merits. There is no person in America that has a better idea of the merits and the abilities of Joe Biden to be president of the United States than Barack Obama. Right. He knows it better than anyone in the right. world, yeah. including his own family. Right? Like This is a guy who saw Joe Biden in these circumstances day after day for eight years. And he saw it all up close. And mm-hmm. he can't say... On the merits, this guy's the guy? That is a massive statement. Obama is is telling you he is terrified of this guy becoming president, not because he disagrees with him on policy, but there's something there. There's something he saw behind the scenes that is not allowing him to come out and endorse this guy or at least speak out consistently and defend him. I think so, too. Biden's defending Obama. Yeah, Obama gets attacked by these other candidates, and and Biden does it over and over again. He's he's owning Obama's policies. Yeah. 888-727-BECK. Pat and Stu for Glenn. You're listening to Glenn Beck. It's Pat and Stu in for Glenn. 888-727-BECK is the phone number. Um, Pat, when you're looking for real leadership Mm -hmm. and a spine of steel, you think the Democratic Party. Oh, every time. Every time, right? Every time. Every time. These aren't people that fold when things get tough. Or, and, and you no. know what? They're always willing to stand up against their own side. <laughs> They've got conviction. They do. And well, a lot of them have been convicted, I think is what you mean. Oh, but that, that's, that is what I meant. But, yeah. but they also have conviction, including uh, Representative Brenda Lawrence, uh-huh. who came out in an interview the other day and said, you know what? I, I don't think it's time to impeach Donald Trump. It sounds silly. <laughs> We're close to an election. Right. You know, let's, let's just, just wait. Didn't really hear much yeah, in the know. trial, and so... So, I mean, let's just move on with our lives, right? Mm-hmm. She bravely, however, after saying that publicly, the next day released a statement saying, look, I was an early supporter for impeachment in 2017. Uh, very thorough process of the last couple of weeks. Information they revealed confirmed this president has abused his power of office. <laughs> Therefore, I continue to support impeachment. Sure. Somebody got Powerful. a call from Nancy is yeah, what happened believe it. there. Nancy said, you're not allowed to disagree with us. Right. You stick with the team and you do exactly as I say. And now Representative Brenda Lawrence has done that. Courageously, of mm, course. Courageously, of course. Courageously. Of course, with yeah. conviction. Uh-huh. You're listening to Glenn Beck.